0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: This is the Apollo Recording Podcast. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. Hello. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, I am Martin Lumsden, music producer. And with me, as always, Mr. Billy Hills, Hello. studio owner, fantastic musician, band awesome. member. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound very good. The band member. <laughs> <laughs> band member. I'm, better, I'm more, that than, I'm more bass. than that. I'm a nice songwriter, performer. And of course, Miles Mitchell, the. Composer extraordinaire. I'll take that. Music producer. And band member. And band member. And we are here at Apollo Audio in Hartford covering the Rolling Stone 500 Best Albums of All Time list that gives us a chance to listen to music we might never have listened to and wish that we hadn't. (laughs) Or music that we've never listened to. And go, wow, why have I never heard that before? Two albums every week this week. Uh, we had one from the late 60s and one from the early 90s, or early mid-90s, I guess. Jefferson Airplane, Surrealistic Pillow, and TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. Uh, how are we doing, guys? Good to be back. Good. Welcome yeah. back. Been a busy old couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Things, things get busy. Yeah. but Productive and good things coming out. Yeah. Good, I, I yeah. Agree. It's Fantastic. How did you enjoy the uh, albums this week? This week, guys, as a ge- just as a general thing, mm. Mm. Yeah. I would yeah, be interesting yeah, I, to get into it.
0: Yeah,
2: I it did. It would be don't. my, my favourite uh, decade, my least favourite decade. Ah, really, isn't it?
1: I knew you'd say that on the well. On the you claimed the seventies was your least favourite, so you keep changing. Oh, that oh, I think there's like <laughs> a ten-year period with like '65 to '85. Fair enough. Hey, before we get going, though, I've got feedback. Listener feedback, oh, listener feedback. We should get a no jingle. No way. Or, from our last episode where we covered The Benz by Radiohead. You'll like this, Miles. I think it's completely agreeing with you <laughs> and then completely agreeing with me and Billy as well. So okay. I, quite, I, quite, I like this feedback. It's fantastic. This is from someone called Cadillyn Silverbrow. That's Bob which is a great name, isn't it? <laughs> it's not a <his> real name. <laughs> Don't give it away. He's, he's come in as anonymous and you've, and you've ruined it. Uh, yeah, Bob. Um, <laughs> he said, this is an easy one. Pablo Honey was widely condemned as Nirvana Light. That was the uh, Radiohead's first album. Creep, regardless of the instrumental section, having been blatantly plagiarised from the air that I breathe by the Hollies, was a brilliant classic and timeless song but the only one that anyone remembers from their first album. True. The negative reaction to the album almost destroyed the band and their efforts to create a second album that would satisfy their critics and themselves came close to finishing them off. The Benz was only finished because the producer took the master tapes away and mixed them without the band's involvement, but the result was one of the greatest albums of all time. Wow. There you go, yeah, I see what you mean. And then he also says, Oasis, on the other hand, are a master of sounding like Slade. (laughs) 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 So thanks for that, Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, bro. cheers Bob uh, appreciate the feedback uh, if you want to feedback to us anything that you think about any of the albums that we've uh, covered on any of these episodes you can do it, it doesn't, doesn't have to be connected with the one we've just done uh, you can listen to any of the previous episodes, any of the previous albums and we'd be delighted to hear from you. If I said to you Martin, what's the first one that comes to your mind that we've reviewed, what would you say? What's
0: the first one we've... The first album that comes in your mind that we've reviewed over this whole process
1: Oh well, I me mean, seeing so you know, I've done it now. It's like, it's like pink, think of pink elephants. Now I've got Van Morrison in my mind.
0: <laughs> Van
1: Morrison, what you, about you enjoyed but, that one, but didn't the, you? I did. But the one, the one that I keep to, when anyone asks me about this podcast, I say, "What's it like?" I say, well, "It's fantastic. It's been really good." They say, Are "All the albums good." I go no, Chuck Berry. No, I no, I'd no, I'd no. probably talk about Chuck Berry's album, The Great Twenty Eight, more than anything else when I'm talking to other people about this podcast. Billy, think fast. <laughs> Lauren Hill pop mine too so the about also really? I think the podcast nice. on
0: that just springs in my mind yeah, yeah, always yeah 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 and that clearly had an impression yeah yeah
1: anyway nice right as always we'll crack on with album number 1 uh, which is the one that is lowest down the list uh, nearest the bottom the highest number this was number 471 On the Rolling Stone 500 list Amazingly It had previously been number 146 Which is like well, awful, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Jefferson Airplane's Surrealistic oh. pillow Was released on the 1st of February 1967 Surrealistic Pillow, what a title. Yeah. Uh, psychedelic scholars have long tried to pin down just what The Grateful Dead's Jerry Garcia did on this album. Mm. We have spoken about Jerry Garcia before a couple of times. Besides contributes some guitar playing, but he earned a credit as spiritual advisor. Mm. The real trip is the airplane's hallucinatory distillation of folk blues vocals, garage rock guitar and crisp pop songwriting. Grace Slick's vocal showcases White Rabbit and Somebody to Love made Surrealistic Pillow a commercial smash during San Francisco's Summer of Love. And Marty Balin's Spectral Today is still the greatest ballad of that city's glory days. This was the second studio album, the first with vocalist Grace Slick and drummer Spencer Dryden. Spencer Dryden is the half-nephew of Charlie Chaplin. I wow. don't know why that's important.
2: How <laughs> do half-nephews work? But true.
1: I don't know, it's a good question <laughs> uh, Some controversy exists as to the role of Grateful Dead guitarist Jerry Garcia Jorma Kakokin, who was the guitarist in the band, said I used to think of him as a co-producer But now that I know what a producer is The producer of that record was definitely Rick Jarrard. Jerry was a combination of arranger, musician and sage counsel." 1st of February 1967 Purple Haze was recorded by Jimi Hendrix Keith, Richard, Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful were busted for drugs. On February the 14th, Respect was recorded by Aretha Franklin and was voted the Billboard Song of the Year that year. And on February the 17th, the Beatles released Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, which I discovered yesterday would have been their 13th consecutive number one hit single, but it was kept off the top of the charts by Please Release Me by Engelbert Humberdink. Humberdink. How's that going? Yeah, so it failed to go... Do you really want me to sing it? Please, more Please energy. release me, let me go. That's <laughs> Cause I don't love you anymore. That's enough of <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> that should be the teaser. I was, was going <laughs> to say, yeah. I was going to say, check it out, folks. But really, don't. You're uh, going to be done in the courts. So that was so identical yeah. <laughs> to the <original. laughs> The number one movie was a fistful of dollars. The number one album was the Monkees by the Monkeys, and the number one single in the UK was I'm a Believer by the Monkeys. also. I bet that's Big one Eve you have Biggie the to, Monkeys. Is yeah. that one you play a lot in no, your session? No, no, really? No. I thought that, that's got to be... That's one that pops up a lot for session bands. I've got to be... All of this is by way of not talking about Jefferson Airplane, I yeah. feel. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Sir Listic Pillows, guys? Pillows, pillow. Well, Wait, I, I, did go. you... I,
0: I felt like... I call myself a musician or a music producer, a bit of everything... But I felt that actually I was pleased this came up because I hear about this band a lot, but I've yeah. N- yeah. know nothing about them. Yeah. Nothing. But then I actually recognised two songs on the yeah. album, uh, the big hits, yeah. White Rabbit and some, Someone to Love. Someone to love. Um, is it Somebody to Love?
1: Or is that by Queen? Is that like yeah, that's mean, Queen, isn't it? Uh, oh, it's some, no, It's, it's Somebody, somebody like, to love. It's yeah. love. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Who covers it? Who's... Well, I had to
0: check that it was yeah. theirs originally because yeah. I was yeah.
2: like, I, I recognise a song, yeah. but
0: I don't recognise this version. Yeah. It was, there, it was uh, like, their, song. Their, their song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I think it's been covered a lot. Mm. That one isn't it? Is yeah, a heavy. Experience? Yeah, it has. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, what do you? I mean, what were you guys on Jefferson Airplane? Like there was. You, no idea. Were you, you similar?
2: Recognize the name? I had no idea they had them songs. It's
1: like, it ooh. feels like a
0: band you should know yeah. in, in terms of yeah. being. If you call yourself in working in music, you should know them, right? Mm. It's a name that floats yeah, about yeah, a
1: lot Yeah, because they've been around since the '60s and sort of still around. And of course, the, 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 what they then became Jefferson Starship and then Starship and had those big hits in the '80s, right. Which have since oh. been covered. Didn't know as that. the I didn't uh, know that. well it's the uh, we built this city was one oh. of their big um, oh no, really? songs. Uh, so if you ask me who sung that song I we would built this city on, on rock and roll <laughs> which has then become the we built this city on sausage rolls which yes. of course has been a huge oh. hit and yeah. really and, and, like and,
0: and, yeah. and really they built this this city on psychedelic folk yeah.
1: Yeah. weird music and, uh, <laughs> nothing's gonna stop us now which was a big hit in the 80s is that them? which I think from the movie Mannequin I think oh. that was became a big and hit we can build oh, this dreams together yeah, yeah yeah no, that one that's, oh, right. that's, but that's all later that's Starship Jefferson Starship so that's different members which was I think yeah I think still Grace Slick uh, singing is there a Jeff in the band <laughs> Jeffers no. Jeffy, Jeffers son yeah. his name is Jeffer and this is his son <laughs> were you guys no, getting fair so so, so, so. So Billy and I were in, were, green.
0: were you, were you, had you heard much then, Martin, really? Of of
1: I was aware of of that, um, somebody to, to yeah. love, because it's a well-known song. And White Rabbit is the other that's one. The, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those songs that's evocative of an era, isn't it? If you want to kind of, if you want to use it in a movie or a TV show or something and say, what, what time period are we in? And is this to do with like drugs and psychedelics and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff? You put White Rabbit on the soundtrack and people are yeah. like, oh yeah, I know where you are. I know yeah. where I know where I'm supposed to be now. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, so yeah, I was going in quite sort of green on it, but it
0: was, for me, it was quite psychedelic and, and, and I knew Billy would hate it because it was uh, that, had that whole folky rock yeah. sort of 60s vibe. It was like a montage of the 60s. I mean, it was, I think that they were the overriding genres and there was a few other sort of subgenres, but it explored different things. Yeah, there was that real sort of acoustic guitar uh, track that I think he was playing with. What do you call it? Slide. Slide, which was quite cool. Mm. So, so I thought it was an original album. But I found it quite depressing. <laughs> I was like, there's a time and a place, I think, for that yeah. album. Um, I think it's natural to say that I was getting some sort of Fleetwood Mac vibes, but I mean, that was, a, I suppose that that's a fairly lazy comparison just
1: because of the lineup of the band. But a, a bit of a bit of that came through, and I'll type that in on Google. Maybe, although they're sort of contemporaries. I know, I know Fleetwood Mac, much more successful in the 70s. Yeah. Like the original Fleetwood Mac with uh, Peter Green is very much contemporaneous. Things yeah. like Albatross stuff right. like that would have been around about the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that up to me and I put that in online and other people were having debates about yeah. like, is this album better than Rumours and stuff? But yeah, know, yeah, And pretty no. much Rumours came up on top of the time. <laughs> so, no, um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, it's
1: not. And then as I always mentioned, <laughs> Spoilers! As, no.
0: as I always mentioned, pride, uh, predominantly being a singer, I always noticed the harmonies. Yeah. And I uh, thought they were really nice. It was almost like, again, how many times? You could just do a montage of, of me saying Beatles-esque yeah. because it, I've said it so many times. <laughs> but they were. It was like that 60s sort of like, you know, third, fifth, obvious harmonies. But... Yeah. Be- you know Beatles vibe about it which was nice but my overriding thing was a real sort of montage of the 60s you really get a feel for the 60s with it and it was original but yeah my main thing was I don't know how i rushed rush back to listen it was fairly mm. depressing for me so but I can't I'm stand
2: as well we did it the hard panning on the drums uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just really annoys me why
1: is it on the left hand side are you listening on headphones in my car yeah, yeah, you'll notice it more because I think if you if you're if you're on a sort of a speaker system yeah. in a room, I think that sort of hard panning becomes less obvious. Yeah, but when you've got that very distinct, I can tell that one's over there. I yeah. don't know why I'm pointing. No one yeah. can see this in the audio. <laughs> but um, then it becomes you become so aware of that yeah. hard panning. Yeah, but I the more the more you're cases. sort of in a room, it becomes less obvious. I think.
2: Like Raising machine Machine do it a lot on well, their albums where they they hard pan guitar and bass. Yeah. and that works quite well. But drums, you want that right in the middle don't you wouldn't that? Yes. yeah because so, you're not used
1: to like when so you thought. see a band that's typically yeah. the drums are in the middle right yeah, it's very yeah, it odd was. to see a drummer yeah. on the side of the stage I Drum, don't mind it really when they put
2: vocals. like a certain like uh, like a snare a little bit to the left of some of the toms whatever. but what well, the whole kit on the left hand side yeah. it just takes away like the power of the song definitely yeah. um, they don't
0: take in consideration the fact that someone's uh one earphone might not work. Yeah, or yeah, someone's, yeah. you know if so it was, a, Which is so so
1: happening. Like the thing was said before: 1967 yeah. is still early days of stereo. At all up to that point, most things would have been released in mono. Mono, yeah, yeah. Um, so that I suppose they're still kind. Of, how do we do stereo as a sort of? A, yeah. and part of it's got this massive
0: field. Let's well, chuck yeah, stuff and you might think yeah. like, well, how
1: do we make people know that it's stereo? Is like, well, if we stick the drums over there, then they can't <laughs> miss it. Yeah, and as stupid as it sounds, it might be like I, do, I doubt if people make those mixed decisions these days. But at that point, it might have been that's cool. And now we're going. It's really not. No, bad, but surely does make it idea. sound
2: like the time though, because you don't get that
1: anymore. So it does make it yeah. sound a little
2: bit nostalgic. Yeah. And surely back
0: then people were still playing things in mono.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't have necessarily had stereo playback systems. That's true. Yeah, so you might have been a lot of the you know early record players. The dance set that was, I think, is the thing that you know that thing where it, it drops the record. Yeah, down? Yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But, is that mono? Um, yeah, they would have just had a single speaker. Yeah the whole sort of rise of stereo systems and hi-fi stuff and that's all that's all audiophiles that's all early 70s and onwards I think so they'd go
0: down the pub and they'd be like yeah, just listen to them in the 60s. Just listen to the Jefferson Airplane now. I can't believe they haven't put drums on it. Yeah, <laughs> but, really, but really, they were just listening to it in mono. <laughs> no, if, if yeah. you're
1: listening in mono, it'll all be in one speaker. Okay? Oh, sorry. Just you don't, you don't just, have one, have, you don't oh, just right. have one of them.
0: <laughs> right, okay. Sorry, of course. I was being an idiot. But that can happen when, uh, we've had this, when the car, the car speaker blows, oh, yeah, that's you different. do just yeah, lose yeah. half of the mix yeah. if someone decides uh, to yeah. panic. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, that's different. That's not, that's, that's, not the, <laughs> that's not mono, though. That's a speaker not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> but just a good tip for those uh, mix people out there who are interested in this stuff. Actually, That's why you check your mixes in mono is a good thing, because you can get phase cancellation. I was just about to ask
0: you that. As as a mix extraordinaire yeah. that you are, if you mix something in stereo, yeah. should they always then check, well, you've kind of just answer it, but check yeah. how it is in mono, because obviously it's going to sound completely it's, different, it's right?
1: A, it's a good idea. It will sound different, but the main reason you would check for that is... In case, because things can get played, but especially like dance music and stuff like that, it might end up playing on a big system that actually isn't stereo because you're in a big club. Yeah, of course. By the time you're listening to it, even if it's got a stereo system, everything you hear is basically mono. By the time it reaches you, it's just a single single source. But if you it, to make things sound awesome in stereo, some of what you're doing is creating a sort of phasing scenario so that you're hearing things at different times in different places. Yeah. Well, what can then happen is if you put that into a mono source, those clutter. start to cancel each No, it's, it's worse. They cancel each other out. So you lose stuff. Uh, you get a little bit of clutter, but you actually, you might end up going, I've got these massive stereo panned guitars that sound awesome. And you stick them in stereo and they disappear completely. Oh, wow. Because they cancel each other out. What's the science that?
2: How but do they actually cancel each other out? The
1: science is the energy of waveforms, basically. So if you have a waveform going up and a waveform going down, if they're going up at the same time, you double the energy that they're so it gets louder. Yeah. But if one's going up and one's going down at exactly the same time by the same amount, then you get a zero. If you ever play, and yeah, you can course. test this, if but you they went, have to be the same thing, don't they? They have to be like to, the to same completely to, part. to completely cancel. Yeah. They have to be, but you can get but a bit get a of cancellation of yeah. Yeah. even just by you know being slight, slightly out of at things. the same it's time. Like, yeah. Like, but any waveform that's if one's going up and one's going down they'll start to cancel each other out. So some of that you get like phasing is a like an effect that you might yeah. want to put right on something. You know, there's a phaser on a guitar. That's yeah. basically a phaser pedal is basically doing that f- to create an effect. Yeah. But the point of mixing just checking your mixes in mono is to go up, just to make sure that you've not got this incredible sound that you've created and then it all just disappears if you stick it in mono. So it will sound different. but You just want to make sure you don't lose the whole five of the it? song. Uh, yeah, check your mix and mono, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and also don't don't phase your guitar. So make sure that your polarity on your waveforms are the same. You can prove this if you're recording a single source like a one electric guitar or a vocal, and you think that can't be true. If you the, take the thing that you've recorded, duplicate it onto another track, and then flip it, so put like a, a phase reverse thing on it and play it back, you'll hear absolutely nothing. Really, like, literally. Nothing. It's crazy.
0: The wave, the the, the world of waveforms is <laughs> yeah. just crazy. It really is. Yeah,
1: that's why you have to be. You have to be careful when you are like tracking two sources, like a, a drum kit, for example. Just the overheads on a drum kit. Yeah. Make sure that they're in in good alignment. Otherwise, you'll just lose all the sound. Mm. That's today's technical yeah, but, uh, input. Just on
0: that, my, my friend, we were, we were laughing last week because he was telling me he went on a date with 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 somebody who was also. An engineer, and he said they spent half the conversation talking about what their favourite and least favourite frequencies were. And I'm like, Brilliant! <laughs> Imagine favorite. walking past that. Oh, I
1: love three hundred. Yeah, and yeah. least favourite frequencies. I, th- I would have loved it if you said they went on a date and they decided at the end that they cancelled each other out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Phased, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were out of phase. Yeah,
0: but we could go on for hours on these. Yeah. I find it quite interesting. It's quite crazy, isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah, and well, it does come up because of these these albums. And, and it's well, just a bit more interesting than the actual album itself, isn't it? <laughs> it's interesting if you go back to things like, <coughs> just, as you were talking about the Beatles, because they're the most obvious example of this, that most of their albums, up till about, I think either, might have been as far as Sgt. Pepper, I think even, they were all recorded in order to be released in mono. They weren't designed to be released in stereo. And stereo versions that you hear nowadays have all been gone back and made into stereo. That's not how they made them in the first place.
0: Can you make a mono wav, like the full track? Can you then make, turn that into stereo? Yeah, you can. But, but really, they'd w- want to go back into the mix then and then mix it in stereo, Yeah, right?
1: I, mean, I think that's one of the... when uh, What's his name? Giles Martin, George Martin's son, who's right. done a lot of those mixes. They've gone back to the original source tracks yeah. so that they can completely remix them into... Stereo. And in some cases, they've taken, cause you know, they used to do like we, we only had four tracks that they were recording onto. So yeah. they would like record parts and then bounce them down yeah, yeah. onto a track and then record on the spare tracks again. So in the end, master, there wouldn't be a thing that had the guitar part and the vocal and another guitar part. They would all be on one thing. So in some cases, they've had to go back to those and scientifically separate them again in order that they can remaster. Wow. Them. Uh, so trying to isolate an instrument from a that had several instruments on it and isolate one of them and create a track from that and then do the same again on the other parts it's amazing what they've achieved with do you it, really.
0: think like let's take Beatles for example sorry and then we'll come back to the albums but do you think they do you think those projects are still somewhere someone has them still on you know they would have been on tape wouldn't they do you think they're or the original Beatles
1: yeah. stuff and all those origi- well yeah, yeah, any band back from oh, there oh yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely where are they well, all the Beatles stuff. I mean, that's how they ended up with uh, Get Back, wasn't it? They went into the the <coughs> library and went. There's loads of audio and movies. But is that, that for no every band? Ever they, they know I think they had a bigger archive just because they started documenting a lot of stuff. But yeah, the, the lot of um, master tapes will have been like, you know when when somebody says like it's a remaster, they've, they've gone back to the to the master tapes and remaster. But they might not have been able to get back to the original. Multichack. Oh, I always thought they just take the WAV file and they just then like spruce it up. A well, bit. a lot of them, a lot of things might have been converted because you're saying like a WAV file that's obviously a fairly modern thing the old, older records will be on tape so they'll be on a tape somewhere a, a, a thick two inch reel or six what do you call it yeah two inch mm. reel tape reel but all Beatles now has been converted to WAV files Has most of them will have been for, for, for um, to keep them safe I guess but yeah the original tracks will be on tape do you keep all your like every band you've ever recorded do you keep the tracks? I basically pretty much have, but don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's going to get can email I, saying, can well, I, said, can I me, get yeah, hold of that yeah. record that we did in like 10 years ago? <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is easier to store stuff, especially now because the like, computer storage has become yeah. so big and so cheap. It's so easier to store stuff. But
0: well, because that's what I was asking. When
1: I was recording demos yeah. when I was in my band, we had to buy the tape. We The tape that we recorded on, because we were recording on tape, we had to... Get secondhand tape because it was really hard to get hold of original tape. So it was something that had already had stuff taped on it, and we taped over it. Really, and then we had to buy the tape off the studio so that we could keep it. Otherwise, they would have just taped over it again. So all we would have ended up with was a like a cassette stereo cassette bounce down, <laughs> none of the original. I mean, it didn't matter in the end because we did nothing with, with those. But that's what you would and have had to take they? away. What real to real tapes? Yeah. are um, yeah, like, they're sort of tw- tw- like the box for it would be like what 12 inch by 12 inch right. size of an lp but then the, the tape itself you get a quarter inch you know when you're doing those uh, tape plugins tape emulation yeah, plugins yeah, yeah. and it's of what size of tape yeah. to, that's it and uh, that emulation that you're seeing those yeah. tape that's what literally that's what they were being uh, recorded so onto. that's yeah so how would like abbey road storing all that all the 60s 70s it's massive libraries massive storage warehouses Oh, yes. And then you've got the problem of uh, making sure that they don't de- deteriorate over time because yes. they're all, all oxidised. was a fire or something, yeah. Or a, well, that happened, didn't yeah. it? With a, in America, they had a huge fire in a, a... Was it Universal? Not Universal. One of the major labels had a huge fire and it did destroy a lot of the original master tapes. Really? So they're gone forever because they were burned. So those masters don't... Uh, and they won't have necessarily been converted to multi-track WAV versions. But you know, you've seen that on these uh, shows documentaries where they'll go back and uh, how was this record made sort of thing mm. and you'll get on the desk and they'll start pulling oh, faders yeah, yeah, up yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, they'll be playing those they'll off the, playing original the original tapes yeah, yeah. and isolating the original tracks yeah. so you can hear what's going on, that's how they've that's how they've done it and then label execs, sorry last thing was like, label
0: execs probably go to these warehouses and just like they probably get rid of the records that, you know like the flop didn't do very well. Uh, yeah, got, the, who cares about that Who one, cares? Yeah, thing, get yeah. rid of that to save us. Yeah, we to need to the space. space.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a much more fascinating conversation than Jefferson. Yeah, yeah like, let's get got back got to it. No, this is much more interesting. What were you thinking, <laughs> <But yeah.
2: laughs> I thought she had a great voice. Uh, again, wasn't really my cup of tea, but you've got to appreciate it. I think they're still good songs. Um, as a guitarist, might come a bit of a shock, but guitar solos, unless they're melodic, don't really do much for me. Yeah. I think they're just like, especially... Of that sort of like era It seems like verse, chorus Verse, chorus, guitar solo Chorus sort of thing And It's just like yeah. uh, The
0: standard format wasn't it Yeah it's yeah. just
2: like oh, I've heard this so many times it's like Don't mind one Where that actually like Where they're a bit like melodic. You can actually like sing along Like was that Nedworth on Friday Yeah <clears throat> <clears throat> Like Noel Gallagher's guitar solo he did They're like in your head They're stuck in your head They're like a repeated Like motif Stuff like yeah. When well, there's a lot of Jumbled notes in a row it Sounds nice It's cool It's very impressive I can't really do it I'm not much of a shredder
0: What was Were you saying It was like that A limb
2: it was good. No, but no. Yeah, it was good, but yeah. they were like they're like motifs rather than just a load of like random fast notes put You can together. sort of um, sing along with yeah, those songs, yeah, yeah.
1: whereas these ones are like techni- just technically to, yeah. impressive, but not no that one ki- No one cares, and they always say like, that.
2: Yeah, and it's very much of that time. It's probably why I don't really like this sort of music. It's a bit too folky and a bit too, like, shreddy at points. But I think good melodies, but that sort of sound of recording, I know they're going help help at the time, it just puts me off as well. Yeah,
1: it sounds old. Yeah, yeah it just too sounds old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault, no. but it's interesting that I think there are albums from that period that don't sound yeah, that way. That you yeah. kind of think it was clearly recorded yeah, yeah. in the sixties. No, like, I can't believe that was that. Respect uh, respect song.
2: Didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that recorded. Made and you see during, that on, yeah. here on the radio all the
0: time. Yeah, so good point. Yeah, because sometimes they sound like they. Yeah, it could be in a era far more modern. Yeah. It sounds a bit more. It's always like warmer and clean. Yeah. And actually, mm. for me, it sounds more like. More of a stereo pan, yeah. but these, I guess, well, these sound quite right like, back to
1: what we just you know, said. You, you might find that some of the the reason that we think that is because the, the versions that we're hearing now are mm, remastered versions, mm. yeah. Yeah, 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 and probably, yeah. unfortunately, for the likes of this album from Jefferson Airplane, nobody's kind of running down to the warehouse to go. We have to remaster this to make it sound great though, on and th- in a modern context. Yeah. Somebody's
2: love There was two versions on there, weren't there? There was a mono version and a stereo version.
1: Yeah you can get that on it. the uh on the um on the streaming mm. version, yeah. Oh. Did you listen yeah. to both? Yeah. And did they listen sound completely different? I think I listened to it in um
2: Shuffle, so I couldn't really <laughs> Which one's which? I don't know. Is this the, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really the no mono script. one or the
0: stereo one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting to hear, yeah. yeah. So you so you weren't a massive fan, no?
2: No, it's is what it is for that sort of music. It wasn't bad, but it doesn't really tip my books. Were you like
0: me though? Were you happy that
2: you now uh, uh, I know who they are now and I'm uh, the exactly. hits they had great songs mm. and there was, I don't think there's any bad songs on there but it's just not my cup of tea yeah yeah
1: yeah, well, I, yeah. I thought I would hate it and I didn't and that's <laughs> and that's sort of damning with faint praise I suppose but I wasn't looking forward to listening to it no and The uh, first song didn't really inspire me but actually once yeah. it sort of got going it's like you know what this is all right it's better than I thought and then it became even better than oh it's better than I thought it's like yeah I'm, I wouldn't say I love this but I'm not, I'm not kind of annoyed or angry that I'm having to listen mm-hmm. to it. It's quite interesting. And like you said, those songs do stick out. You go, yeah, I'm familiar with this one, as we've spoken a lot before. Is it easier to listen to stuff you already know? Because it's got that familiarity yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I say it's not kind of, you know, this is number 400 something. What is that? Quite low down the list, isn't it? 471. <laughs> so you would kind of again as we've said before you feel that like i wouldn't be surprised if they did this list in 10 years time that it's kind of slipped out gone mm. it's very um, of its
0: time wasn't it
1: yeah it feels that way and it feels like it's a generation that's maybe you know currently still remembering the 60s that again sort of 10 years time <laughs> they're not they're not going to be asked because mm. they're not here to ask anymore mm. maybe that's sad but uh i don't know it was yes it was it was okay and i liked it more than i expected to and i, I think the what you've said about I'm sort of glad I've now listened to this because I know a bit more about what this is all about, and that they're not just somebody to love and White Rabbit. That there's more going on. That now I know that there's more going on. Yeah. One thing that surprised me that was kind of you know we talked about the two songs that I already recognised. Yeah. There was another track that I recognised, <clears throat> and I was like, I can't th- where the hell have I heard this? Cool. It sounded really Which familiar. One? Isn't it like a, a track towards the end that's just an acoustic guitar, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. instrumental. Yeah, I recognise that as it's well. It's called the one the Embryonic Slide. Journey. Yeah. And I had to look this up. It was used in the film Purple Haze. I won't have seen that. But where But then, also in the movie The Rookie, apparently. Don't know that one. Also in a UK television commercial for Norwich Union. It's like, no, I, I recognise
0: this as well. I thought, is that yeah. why
1: I know it? It's like, it can't be no. from any of those, because that doesn't make any sense. It was used right at the end of the final episode of Friends. It? That's where we'd know it from because yeah. I really recognised it as well. Yeah, I thought, what is this? Where have I heard it before? <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, oh, wow.
0: did you recognise it as well? Yeah, the one with the slide. That. I was like, what is that? Yeah, it's friends where they're, when it pans back to the uh, yeah it, the it's flat. Basic, and it's, it's basically all, it's the, like, like, the last
1: music that you yeah, hear yeah. in Friends. Oh, and they, so they put they that, their keys that down. Track,
0: yeah. And there's that great last gag where they go, "Let's go for a coffee." And then yeah, the China's where <laughs> the final gag of uh, his Friends.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was uh, So I thought that was cool. Uh, should we give it a? Sc- should we give a score? <laughs> you start. I you're a go-
0: score. You're going to be the top one,
1: Martin. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to go for a two. I think. So not right, Care that? enough to kind of say? I mean, so <laughs> like they go. Okay, it's worth. Is it worth a listen? <laughs> yeah, not really. I no, just, just it's okay if you like the sort of thing. If you like. You know, as we've said, if you're into that period and you're interested, you like that sort of music, yeah. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna like this if you already like that kind of stuff. If you yeah, no, I'm not even good. Yeah, I'm just gonna go two. <laughs> Why am I justifying it? I two
2: agree. Is alright, it wasn't amazing, wasn't bad. So it's just,
1: it's Yeah, great. I
0: was in between yeah. So two as well. Yes. Yeah. I was in between two and three. I'll go, I'll go two to give it a full full house.
1: <laughs> full house of twos. Uh, six Oh, Score good, for the Jefferson Airplane. On well, Jefferson. I said it kind of, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like that puts it near the bottom of our list, and it's near the bottom of their list. So you feel that like we're not really disagreeing, but also we're sort of also saying this would never make if we were making a list of five hundred albums. This probably wouldn't be on it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. Well, that was Jefferson Airplane. Album number two. Uh, I'm so excited for this one. On our list this week. TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool from the 15th of November 1994 was number 218. It's your birthday. Oh, 15th of November is. Oh, cool. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they, they released this way same in advance. same birthday as Chad Kruger from Nickelback. Well, that's, that's a thing. Wow. Uh, things were not well with TLC during the making of Crazy Sexy Cool. Lisa left Daya Lopez was light- lighting fires, and the group was in a financial slide that would end in bankruptcy proceedings. But they emerged with the most effervescent and soulful R&B pop anyone had heard since the Supremes. Creep is hard-edged but cute. The summary digging On You is almost pastoral in its intimate flow and the transcendent Waterfalls may be the greatest song ever about how it's not a great idea to go after your dreams. The second studio album from TLC was produced by various people including Dallas Austin, Babyface and Sean Coombs, Puff Daddy, certified 12 times platinum by wow. the Recording Industry Association of America, making TLC the first girl group in history to be awarded Diamond Status. Crazy Sexy cool has sold over 14 million copies worldwide, becoming the best-selling album by an American girl group ever. Really? Say that uh, again? The best-selling album by an American girl group ever. Still? I think so. Over, would, de- over American, Destiny's Child?
2: Yeah. Wow. Would, uh, would Spice Girls
1: have surpassed them, do you reckon? Well, they're not an American girl group. I don't know. The girl group
2: in general?
1: No, I always assume, I always thought this Destiny is the Child, album, right? by the way, not not overall. So I yeah, suppose yeah. Destiny's Child might have sold more records overall, but this album, this album, is yeah, selling yeah. album. What came first, the Scrubs or this one? Uh, no, that was after. That was the album after this that was, one. Yeah, with no Scrubs on it. Yeah. Uh, in November 1994, the number one movie was Star Trek Generations. <laughs> the number one album was Crossroads: The Best of Bon Jovi, which we've we've had before and also the number one single was Baby Come Back by Pato Banton, which dream. we've mentioned before Baby Come sing Back this came go out at the same time roughly the same time sing as that uh, Tom don't Petty album yeah. uh, I don't know there's, there's so many <laughs> Baby Come Backs how does that go is it Baby Come Back it's not that no. is it <laughs> Baby Come Back <laughs> Baby Come Back that was Eddie Grant you I think can give it or was that cover I don't know Yeah, Christ I don't know uh, Baby Come Back probably the uh, yeah, most three t- this, so this is around the same time <laughs> as the Wildflowers album by Tom Petty uh, just to put it in a sort of context of other albums we've done. On November the 11th, Bill Gates buys Leonardo da Vinci's Codex for $31 million. Hmm. Yeah, pocket money. Uh, on November the 13th, title contenders Michael Schumacher and Damon Hill collided on lap 35 of the season-ending Australian Grand Prix, meaning Schumacher won his first Formula One World Drivers' Championship by one point. <sighs> he crashed. He <laughs> crashed. November 1994, this is Crazy, Sexy, Cool by TLC. Sorry, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, as I said, I was so excited to like go listen to it. It's probably my favourite era. I love that R&B from that, the 90s and stuff yeah. like that. And Waterfalls is possibly my favourite song. And I would just wish more of the album was like that. Because every other song's an interlude. Why? They're all terrible. <laughs> it's a hip hop album. Of I course, it's got to be oh, interludes. You don't need any of
1: them and be such a better album. How many times With that joke about shitting? I mean, yeah. how, how many times do you have to hear that before it's really just, oh, yeah. Christ, stop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
2: Who, who, who's the label guy that thought, oh, this is a good idea? Keep going. <laughs> but um, the ones that I enjoyed were the ones that had like waterfalls where like more like real instruments. The ones that were more like keys based and the sort of like, Sound of the time, it sounds like you know, like Game Boy music where you've got it on pause, and it's just that sort of like Japanese sort of stuff in the background. Where I know, sort of like the Nintendo music, it's like, What is this? You could come up with such better beats than this keyboard sound you're playing. Although this
1: mm. album sounds like a Game Boy on pause, yeah, it it's, does, a gra- it's a great, uh,
2: like. um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I just wish it was more like Waterfalls. I think the melodies on that, the bass line that is just unbelievable, mm. and I think that song stands this time. That's probably why it's got 14 million. I don't think many of the other tracks on there stand up to that sort of stuff. There is some really yeah. like, earworming ones. I forget, I forget the names of the ones. Singles oh, were digging it. Digging it was good. Um, was this a Red something? Uh, Creep was another single. Obviously. Yeah, and uh, um, i was just a little bit disappointed with yeah, the overall yeah. instrumental. end. I can't really like identify their voices. Like they they sing together a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah they so all
0: they all sing lead as well. Yeah, which is quite uh, yeah. which is quite. Rare for a girl girl group Yeah Yeah.
2: And I wanted more Part of my favourite song of Waterfalls is where Left Eye does the rap bit (coughs) Yeah And I wanted more of that It's hard in with that on there
0: That came later I think The rapping didn't it
1: I just wanted more On there It's definitely her sort of input I think she mainly wrote that one Yeah I think Oh really Uh, There were sort of issues As to how they were putting this together I think there were Times when she couldn't be there because she was <laughs> she was in court. Thought, <laughs> she went up on arson charges, and she set fire to her boyfriend's house and burned it. Oh, I think, that
2: wasn't a joke. No, she, no, no, she, she was. She was. Who, uh, who? I
1: think. She, I don't know if she Left was convicted. Eye. Lisa Left Eye Lopez. I think. To, to. I think the story was. I might have this slightly all the details of this song, but I think to kind of get back at her boyfriend because she was annoyed with him for some reason. She set fire to his trainers. Yeah. Uh, and accidentally burnt the house down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so she was the crazy one yes. and was and then sort was of 16, uh, there cool arson. but there was a whole lot of stuff going on is she about like it. boss
2: eyed or something what's up with her left eye
1: no that was uh, it was just I think it's all just this sort of nickname thing and I think because she wore an eye patch there was uh, I think in their earlier <coughs> incarnation on their first album it was even like she would stick a like a condom wrapper over her eye nice <laughs> as you do but I don't think she would do anything wrong with her eyesight <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's why <laughs> although chilli was hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's why
0: um, yeah sorry the natural form to me yeah as, as 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 Billy said I thought it'd be a bit better as well um, but I still liked it I'm a big fan of TLC big fan of the hits love R&B love the harmonies love the production, love some of the writers and people they work with. Mm. Babyface is the go-to man if you want a big R&B hit. He is your man and still is the man. He wrote with Bruno Mars recently, I I, I read, and I think he's been doing stuff with Silk Sonic. So he's still very, very current and of time and he's a fantastic, fantastic writer. And yeah, other than, I felt like the songwriting actually was probably the weakest part of the Mm. album. (laughs) I kind of know what you mean about bits of the production, but I actually thought it was quite still quite solid R and B production. Yeah. I thought that was it was it was a good album, but I thought maybe the songs could have been a bit stronger. Yeah. In places.
2: It's, a story to it's the first the yeah. first time I've really I don't know, this year, going to listen back to the nineties stuff. I know, I think i felt more nostalgic about it recently, but I can fully tell the difference now between like it does sound of very obvious time, so nice. I think the oh, very, 90s, it's yeah. starting
0: to really sound nostalgic,
2: isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I don't know why all of a sudden now it does, but the sort of sounds, because you don't really get them sounds on new tracks anymore, that sort of keyboard sound, because mm. I suppose it's coming out of one of them.
0: Did you guys watch the um, Platinum Jubilee thing? Did you see the diversity dancing they did? It's quite interesting. It is relevant at this point. They, they went, <laughs> they, they, they were, because I, I think with, if anyone said to me and someone has about this podcast, my brain, and I think you guys are now, also would say the same. My brain is like split in music industries now, in the music industry is split now into genre, into, um, not genres, uh, eras, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, by doing this, that sounds like a 60s album, 70s, 80s, 90s, Northeast. we had a few modern, but not as many. And, Diversity basically did that. They went through the whole history of music. So they yeah. were so they were playing the songs, but they were doing the dancing to it. And so they went, they did the 60s and they did the sort of like Beatles. They came through like yeah. 70s, I can't remember who they did with that, but 80s they did Bowie and then 90s they did, uh, I can't remember they did any sort of R&B, but then they definitely went to like Spice Girls and yeah. things. They all yeah. came through. And my feeling was because they play all the songs back to back and I'm like, wow, there's big differences between each era. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wow, like... They are so different. They're such a jump from Mm. from music. And and actually, then after that, it's like, I think they had Jax Jones or one of the DJs or or, or Cigar or someone
1: playing after them. Yeah, Jax Jones was on after. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and I was like, right, that's the sound of now, which is also so different to like 90s or even like the boy bandy sort of Max Martin stuff that came in the noughties. And it's not like a slow transition. They're actually quite big jumps, I would say, from like Mm. all these different eras. The relevance of TLC is that I think... I always look for the bigger context, especially when these albums, you know, there's, it's like one of the most well-sold albums and also obviously in the Rolling Stones top 500. So I'm like looking for the bigger context. And I think, and I'm not trying to be too sort of grandiose with this point, but I think that they paved the way for, all the girl bands that Mm. everyone knows. So you had like in Vogue and stuff before them, but then I think TLC brought that, like remember that 80s, even that 80s rap we all said was a bit more playful. And and then it actually went into Dr. Dre and stuff and and it it almost got a bit cooler in a way. I think with TLC, they brought like swagger to girl group, right? Yeah, And so then like paved the way for like Destiny's Child and, Okay, Spice Girls had swagger in their own way. yeah. But Brit-
1: British take on it rather than American, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think, I've told you my thoughts of the album, but then I thought, well, actually, these, these girls were really, really influential to that sort of... Well, I suppose the main one is, is Destiny's Child, which we've reviewed before, yeah. Yeah. who became huge. And I think actually TLC were the originators of that sort of 90s... Girl band swag,
1: yeah. and so yeah. I think
0: that's wilder. why they might not have had the. They got waterfalls. Then no scrubs came later, and there's obviously the other couple of songs. They might not have had loads and loads of hits, but I think actually their their relevance is, is bigger than almost their songs. For mm. what they then what was then to come because yeah. then girl bands took over, right? Yeah. So yeah, that was my overriding thing, and my one the thing. The last thing I say was, and it sounds like a really tenuous, rubbish link now, but the <laughs> intro. Do you remember the guy speaking the intro? Yeah. He's from a tribe called Quest.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah. Which one? Uh,
2: Q-Tip?
0: No. Fife Dog, I think. Yeah, is that how you say his name?
2: Yeah. Um...
0: So yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. Which I thought, okay. But then yeah. I started thinking, we're going to get all these links because yeah, we're technically yeah, yeah. doing yeah. all the best
1: music, so it's going to be links with everyone. Yeah, I so guess it's so. not actually that like wow anymore. But it's kind of nice, isn't it, to kind yeah. of put those uh, draw draw those connections. Ago, so oh, they were working with that, and yeah, they, that yeah, means yeah. they had an influence from there. And you start to join the dots. And uh, interesting, even though you say you can tell the difference between eras, then you also start to go, yeah, but also I can hear the the route that it took to get there. Sure, sure. Um, join in the dots, even if the dots aren't there. Huh?
0: No, that is <laughs> a good point, because there's always similarities, but there's big transitions, but yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, throw it back. TLC stands for, was it?
2: Tender, Love and Care, doesn't it? Does it? Doesn't. I don't know if it does. Well, does. I mean, it does in,
1: yeah. a, in, a, in a general sense. I yeah, don't think yeah. That's, yeah.
2: What... I, I someone, I, that's what... I heard someone, because I sort of assumed these were named after. I heard someone using sentence once and I was really by, back of the day into like uh, WWE and a TLC match was Tables, Ladders and Chairs so I had no idea what they were talking about. So I think when it's... I first heard these like back in the day it's like that's a weird name to call yourself after.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... Uh... No, oh, it's TLC as as Miles said. Yeah. TLC is their names. It's yeah. uh, Tibo's, Chili, and uh, Lisa. Oh. But then I think it's obviously a play on the fact that, yeah. that is a well-known yeah. f- sort of phrase yeah. as well. Yeah. It helps, yeah. Although there was, I think, what did I read somewhere that one of the members actually did change her name so they they could stay TLC because it didn't have an original member and then oh. someone else came in. Oh. <laughs> like, well, maybe I got that you wrong. can only audition for us if we your name to, starts we, <laughs> to <knitting. laughs> no, we have yeah. to give you a nickname yeah, the yeah. kind of bits has yeah. got to start with C
0: <laughs> but no I was actually thinking I, I think I knew that but I was actually thinking they they were, I read that their, the album name was because one was sexy one was cool and oh, one really? was
1: okay. crazy wow that's proto Spice Girls then isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like, paving yeah, yeah. the way so, yeah, so yeah. that's
0: the bigger context of TLC I think
1: oh, I hadn't, pick, what I hadn't did you picked think that about? one up uh, I you probably have gathered by now that hip hop is not my favourite genre <laughs> oh another hip hop R&B album Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh a little bit softer so it was a bit more R&B I, like, I enjoyed gym. this immensely actually oh, I, was, I was really surprised how much I liked it maybe because it is a bit more pop That's why can that was my sort of sense of it. Than say the Destiny's Child album, which I did, I liked the sort of hits on that, but the rest of it was a bit okay, fine. Whereas this, as a whole album listening experience, I found much more enjoyable. Still, the hits stick out, but the rest of it for me was God. I really like this. I had no idea I would like TLC as much as as much as I did. Just having known the singles, not really investigated the albums for any either of them. But yeah, I really enjoyed it much uh, much more than I expected to. I, I still feel, like I said, the interludes are like just, oh, why? Why, why was that, that a thing? thing? Is that something to do
0: with the CDs? Why I'm was thinking?
1: that a thing? I don't know what it was what, to do with, because it? if it was to do with the CDs, maybe on the basis that it is easier to skip. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at some point you could go, okay, I've heard that now, so I can just skip it rather than you know on if it, if these had been on vinyl records it would be yeah, really start I never thought of that so it's but, easier to do that but
0: i was trying to work out what that i mean marty's come up with the one there but i was trying to think why it just seems to be very a very different... 90s,
2: early noughties thing, doesn't it? It's not so much. You still get an odd interlude now, but back in the day, it used to be like every three tracks.
0: Yeah, but why the would it, the fact that it's CD, why would that have made it more sort of like applicable to... to, to yeah, why did it start internet? bringing
1: in? It feels to me that like it's more like a culture, it's a hip-hop thing yeah. rather than a CD thing. So yeah. it's that that genre was, yeah, we... Because we, we st- all the things that we've covered that are sort of hip-hop related, all, you know, tr- what have we had? Tribe Called Quest, we've had uh, De La Soul... Beastie Boys even, yeah. I think. They've all got these little skits going yeah. on. That, well, why did that become a thing? It just seemed to be a thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, we have to have these little bits. I think they're maybe dying off. Maybe because you can skip and the streaming age, I heard yeah. someone else saying people that. Kind of, do, the, the, people, the streaming age has killed the skit because they won't do it in between think tracks. people like still do like
0: intro stuff. of like, Kind of <coughs> I think in, uh, Yeah and like, like, a, and like a musical bit Where maybe there's no Vocals And it's yeah. more of a sort of piece A little like. musical
1: bit I get But it's this kind of Gags Yeah it's the ga- I think you get Dating really quickly now, yeah. As well It's kind of
2: Eminem know, used to do Some weird ones Like I remember there's one I think it might be On Relapse Something like that Where someone's just Getting killed in the ch- By a chainsaw And stuff like that Like <laughs> It's horrible
1: I don't know why You'd want to listen to it <laughs> <laughs> is it true? Yeah, yeah, I don't know But no, I really yeah. enjoyed it Miles, what was the cover on this album? The cover? Whoa! I can't believe this passed you by Oh, yeah You're such a big fan as well Go on, yeah I'll If cool. I Was Your Girlfriend From Sign the Times, Prince Oh Track 11 on this just A couple after, after uh, Waterfalls, this? I think was uh, Yeah, if I, if I Was Your Girlfriend Which is written by Prince Oh and was the cover on this album.
2: I thought you'd I I I I have spotted pen, that straight away. penny, penny it's, didn't it's, even
1: drop. It's quite a faithful cover as well. It's not massively reinterpreted. Is it the, not? The biggest difference is they don't change any of the lyrics. So they are still singing If I Was Your Girlfriend as being girls rather than
0: oh, there Prince you go. singing it. In
1: the thing. Did you recognise it off the bat then? Yeah, you? yeah. i was very familiar with that song. So I was like, oh, Prince cover. didn't expect that. It did get me thinking that there's, there's a cover of Prince... From Sign of the Times, yeah. which is another album that's on the top 500 list. So it got me thinking, are there any artists that have got a cover of their song and the original of the song that's on an album in the top 500? Good question. Or is Prince still <laughs> is he the only one? And I found I th- I, there may be more, but what, I thought of a couple. So his original version is on an album that's in the top five hundred, and then the cover. And their cover is on an album that's in the top five hundred. Good question. And I thought, I wonder if there's any artists who have managed to achieve other artists that have managed to achieve that, or is Prince going to be unique? But no, I, think, I think I've discovered at least two other ones <laughs> that will be on there. We could save that for later if you like, or we could do it. <laughs> could do it. Right. God bless. now. But I thought that was quite cool. There's Bob Dylan track all along the Watchtower. Yeah, uh, is on his album John Wesley Harding which is on this list and is also was famously covered by Jimi Hendrix yeah. and it's on his album Electric Ladyland which is also on this list there's also You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman which was written by Carole King and is on her album Tapestry and is also uh, famously done by Aretha Franklin on her album Lady Soul although with that one it's not just ca- um, Carole King that was actually um co-credited to uh what's his name her husband Jerry Goffin and Jerry Wexler so maybe just Bob Dylan. I'm <laughs> sure there's some there might, there's like, probably more there's probably more but yeah it like quite, even
0: the biggest covers like um we spoke about this on the, like the other week um like uh Whitney yeah I will always love you it was it yeah. Dolly Parton I Dolly will Parton always love the original, yeah. surely
2: they're both the
1: album, well. there's no album that's got I Will Always Love You, not even by uh, Whitney Houston. Oh, is it not? No, because it was on the th- uh, soundtrack oh, to yeah, The Bodyguard of and there's, oh, yeah, although yeah. it's the biggest selling album of all time, it ain't on this list. Uh, okay. Oh, Maybe that is a good question then. Uh, yeah. come, thought, back I, I, week, I, come back, back next I was, week. I was slightly disappointed that. that he wasn't unique but I thought, oh Prince, that's pretty cool. You'll be the only one who we can say <laughs> you've got your original and a cover yeah. and it appears on the, on the, on the list but then I, immediately I thought, a bet Bloody Bob Dylan has as well. <laughs> what did we do the other week though? When we said, "Oh, that's such a tune," but we didn't like the we
0: didn't like the band, but they had that big tune that was then covered by someone else. So where so where we had one recently?
1: Forget it. Possibly. Forget it. There was a big one. And we were all what, talking
0: last about, week. No, like a couple of weeks ago, and we were all talking about how it was such a great tune. Anyway, we'll come. That's a good. Uh, we'll think about that for next
1: week. <laughs> Stephen Thomas Erlewine described the album as a smooth, seductive collection of contemporary soul, reminiscent of both Philly Soul and Prince adding that all the material was consistently strong. So I think he disagreed with you, Billy. In a 2015 article for Consequence of Sound, music critics Michael Madden and Sheldon Pierce wrote about how the album has impacted artists well into today's era, whose r and sound has been heavily influenced by strong hip-hop elements. There should probably be more talk of TLC's role in forging the current r and landscape, which is heavily, if not entirely, influenced by hip-hop culture which was your point kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, TLC kind of at the forefront
0: of that and on the culture. comparison you made to Destiny Child which is a you know R&B girl group three years apart I think that was 97 the one we did uh, a little
1: bit I think it was I so.
0: agree with you the overall vibe I actually preferred in production things of this but I think Destiny Child just had those they just had the more hits didn't they mm. they just had the probably the more yeah hit songs on there yeah
2: interludes as well Think if these had a couple things.
0: of hit songs if these had a couple more hit songs Better interludes. so if this had like no scrubs on it and maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like um a couple of other big hits yeah. this could be up there with one of the one of the greatest R&B albums yeah. ever yeah. but just that's where it, yeah. that's where it fell so down
2: the, for some me some of
1: the melodies just let them down
2: especially in the early tracks just a bit dry and a bit like ugh, just mm, some of the songs yeah. weren't strong no. enough no. yeah
1: yeah, and me. it might be just one of those things where I go back and listen to it now and go, I don't know why I like this so much. No, because it can yeah, catch you yeah. in the time. Do you know what I mean? Course, catch you at the right yeah. time, uh, in the right frame of mind. As we've said before, there's there's some of that goes on. that there might be albums that we've listened to so far on this list that yeah. listen to them another day. You go, God, I can't didn't get this but now I do yeah. or vice versa like, I really like that and I can't remember why
2: and I think I went, <laughs> I went into it with too much expectation as well of the back of waterfall thinking oh, I'm going to love like every single second of this yeah and it's like oh
1: this one is <laughs> okay shall we give it a score yes yeah scores please for TLC's crazy sexy so cool miles um it's between a 3 and a 4 yeah
2: which one is it
0: and I'll probably <laughs> is there other album on this uh, list. I don't think so. I think this is the only one on there. I'm going to go for a very high
1: three. A high three? Still yeah. a three. <laughs> <It is> three. <laughs> three. Still, still a three. So how do you do a high three? That's a sort of failed high five. Yeah, it was nearly We did four. a high three. <laughs>
0: one more big hit, it would have gone four easy. But yeah, three for me.
1: I think a three for me, yeah. I think it's yeah, check it out. Three's around. Oh, we're agreeing this week, didn't we? Check it out. Worth a listen. Skip and all you kinda go, yeah, it's all right. Or I love it. But you'll you'll make your own mind up. Yeah. <laughs> Six for Jefferson, <laughs> nine for TLC. Not bad. Good stuff, middle of the road as well, and that's about where it was, two hundred and something, wasn't it? So Yeah. There you go. Are we finally agreeing with Rolling Stone? <laughs> we'll have to get out of that habit. Bloody hell. Well done, TLC. I enjoyed that. Shall we select what will be exciting? Drum roll, time <laughs> our 49th and fiftieth albums that we've covered on this podcast. Woo-hoo. Well done, boys. <laughs> Billy's got the champagne in the fridge. <laughs> we are a massive ten percent. <laughs> we will be a massive ten percent through. Give us a number, Billy. Two five six. Wow, almost exactly halfway That feels appropriate Tracy Chapman's oh, debut album Tracy Chapman Wicked Nice Well Fast up for that car. Fast Car Talking About A Revolution And Baby Can I Hold You Were oh, the singles from that What album. an album Big debut I remember seeing her um, perform At the Nelson Bandela concert which I think the first time She'd ever sort of been Seen in the UK And it was a kind of Was that song. when it was
2: just her on my guitar?
1: Yeah That's mad I think I've seen that Next one Oh, high numbers this week. Three, five, four. It's a big punk album, this one. Germ-Free Adolescence by X-Ray Specs, Which is a band that I have heard of, but I couldn't tell you much about them. Uh, This is the debut English... uh, Sorry, the debut album by English punk rock band X-Ray Specs. Uh, with the singles well I don't even know what the singles were <laughs> uh, the day the world turned dayglow on number 23 in April 1978 and identity at number 24 in July 1978 they've already got one album uh, that's the one <laughs> what's the album called sorry Martin the album is called Germ Free Adolescence a very influential band I think um, yeah I'm a bit really interested because I don't really know much about them yeah. other than uh, other than that really
0: Interesting week. Another, and, the, and the Tracy Chapman was, was called Tracy, Tracy Chapman.
1: Chapman. Is Tracy Chapman?
0: Yeah. <coughs> another one another <coughs> album with the, with self titled.
1: Self titled two and two debut albums as well, which I'm I'm still monitoring the how many of the albums on this list are the debut albums, the first album that came out because once you've done that, it's like yeah, that's the your debut album is the best one on this list. Look, like, well, that sort of says a lot about the rest of your career, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially if you're. Well, I said that the other day. day. It
2: seems to be like your debut or first few albums are your best ones and most people do it in their like 20s. Why is that? Do you think it's just all well, their best ones? To, yeah. Well, I, I actually disagree a bit because
0: I think this sort of cliche is it of the difficult second album is a bit cliche because mm. TLC for example, that was that their was second album. album yeah. And I wish I could now come up with a few other examples, but yeah. I can't. Um, yeah. but it's those, I've had moments where I've been like, oh, that's the second a, album. A, We've... a
1: Rush of Blood to the Head, oh, yeah. the second album by Coldplay. Right. For example. So for this, example. Is what, this is what I mean. The, the, the Benz was the second album by This Radio is what I mean. There's
0: yeah. a lot of examples where second albums are also the best. Yeah. So I don't know where that cliche came about.
1: Yeah. Well, that was Story Morning <sighs> Glory. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, okay, now give me two that have really flopped on a second album.
1: Blur's uh Second album was Modern Life is Rubbish. Blur. Yeah. Oh, was which, it? Okay. Which a is a good album, but it didn't do very well. It was Park Life that really broke them through, which was their third album. Well, you think of how many one-hit wonders there are,
2: and what not necessarily be their first album, though.
0: Not sure. No, normally debut... No, I reckon if you looked at it on a graph, mm. and you looked at, like, album sales and, and success across, like, the whole landscape of the music industry, yeah, I'm sure the debut album I think for a, most bands is, is their most I was, successful. I mean, sorry, like, a, if
2: you're... If, especially if you're in, like, a DIY band or, like... No, m- might be more like rock. I think there's current, in like, current days, yeah. But back yeah. in the day, where you needed a like, label really to do an album, there's some like industry plants nowadays where you are successful like straight away. But well, there is still where people are still slugging it out, and in like sometimes they think you're a success at first, but that, that's the first time they have heard of you. It might be your third, fourth album, mm.
1: but it's your first one in the mainstream. Sometimes bands need a bit of time. That's that is a sort of cultural phenomenon, isn't it? That that say this like sometimes bands don't get given enough time to come up with the, the great album. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we've done one and it wasn't a commercial success, so we're ditching you. It was actually what they needed was to build a bit of an audience and get, get a bit better. And who knows what they would have come up with if they'd just been given a bit of support of and a bit of time. Because there are, as you said, artists that have broken through on their second album, some of them on their third album, that are the big commercial successes. I think there is a, there's a bit of... We've, we've touched on this at times on this, on this podcast about just because it's first, does that mean it's best? whether it's the first in its genre or the first by the band, I think sometimes there is that sort of, well, that must be the best one because it's the first one. But But does it mean it's the best one or are we just falling into that trap of saying that because it's best? The one that springs to mind, not that I have any love for this band whatsoever, but Van Halen, that's the one that's on this list. Their debut album is the one that's on this list. And I think it's on there because it's their first album, not because it's their best album.
0: Yeah. So you've stumbled across a really good point there, though, Martin, because I think... Normally, when your first album, you've had those songs for years, right? Mm. There's been no labels, there's been no pressure yeah, breathing yeah. down you. So, you and your band can really express artistically who you are. Yeah. So, I think you'll find that a lot of bands came up with their best stuff there. As soon as, yeah, like, like Martin said, there's the pressure, you, you know, labels get involved, it becomes a business, right? So, it's yeah. like, right, we're flying you out to this country, you're working with ex producer, and be creative, yeah. go, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you've got less time.
0: And you've got less time to do it. And you've got, you know, suits breathing down your neck saying we need to deliver this by x yeah. y so i think that's maybe why you could say a lot of debut albums are good because you know um oh, again i wish i had these examples but there's loads of bands who have written their biggest ever hit song you know five years before they've been signed and it's gone on their first album yeah, yeah. and that's been their biggest uh, their biggest hit and then when they're asked to redo that again they they mm. they can't yeah. because it just you know like you said it's where they can express themselves they've got the most time to work with each other yeah so yeah, it's interesting.
1: It's, maybe there's, there's bands like, I'm sure the I've band. heard this, maybe it's apocryphal or right, but bands like Coldplay and Radiohead being two bands that spring to mind who have continuously write songs and create a catalogue of songs. I think the Beatles did this as well, largely. Okay, so they, they would kind of write songs and they go, well, this one's not working. But they don't ditch it. They just say it's not working. And yeah. they'd like it then come back to stuff. So come you back, might yeah, find yeah. songs, I know this is true of Coldplay, definitely, definitely true of Radiohead, definitely true of examples of the Beatles, I'm sure. that There are songs that from, were from sort of four or five years ago, but it would have been on their third album yeah. written around that time, but didn't work. So they'll come back to them and maybe yep. sort of six, seven years later, third, fourth, fifth album, they'll go, oh, there's that song. That that will work now. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. works in this context. For and, sure. they've, and they've done that. I, I
2: wasted that. Um, there's footage of them rehearsing like before in their first album. And they were all around the world, just like a 10 minute, epic song uh, and now we'll at the time that's the third album track that is and Fine. he knew that he knew five, tra- five yeah, years yeah. before he'd ever yeah, released yeah you map
0: out yeah. your career like that yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars had, had were playing around with Uptown Funk for years before because he, Bruno Mars was on tour so Mark Ronson used to fly all around the world and they'd like work on the bass line or work on the drum and so it was years and then you know look how this biggest ever I think it's like one of the biggest yeah, yeah. It's gotta be. ever selling
2: singles ever
0: and it, they just nailed the timing but they were working on that for ages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, all, it's strange, isn't it? It's all about timing and just making
1: sure you're. Yeah, just about the different process. But Leonard Cohen, you know, uh, Hallelujah, Leonard yeah. Cohen song, he took years to write that. Right. Same thing. He said, I couldn't. When he hears it, when, I think what he said when he heard about I don't, the likes of Bob Dylan or whatever would write songs <laughs> in half an hour, I'm like, you know, that's not how I write. It's like that song took years to write. But there is then obviously that flip
0: side where people have said, oh, that came out of me within five minutes, that song. And it I was, think the yeah. best songs do. They but just come out of nowhere. It's melodies.
2: Yeah, yeah. You just hear something in your head as a musician, don't you? You don't know
1: how yeah. it happens. Yeah. It just comes out. Yeah. Yeah, it comes out fully formed. But that's not the only way I think. No, that yeah. is true. And then there's, like say, those ones that you just kind of go, okay, that, there's a bit." there's a germ of an idea there, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah. And I think maybe the mistake, maybe that uh, writers might make is to ditch that idea instead of park it. Yeah. You know, come back come to back it fresh that ears, as an yep. idea. Just look, look, what was that idea? Come back to yeah. you. Go, oh, now I know what to do That's with why that. I'm not
2: working with a band because you can just bounce <coughs> with other people. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to come up with one idea but then to fully develop it into a full song. But
0: I mood a lot, like what you were saying earlier, Martin, about, you know, listening to albums in different moods, different perspective. Writing, I can sit there for ages not come up with a melody for all day. Yeah. And then... The next I can, day, I can do that
1: too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not without even trying. And,
0: and I and I do what what you were talking about, and I pull up old ideas, and I've just got nothing. And that's where I have read something recently saying that's when you know it's just not your day. Just yeah. go and play golf. And go, just, yeah, yeah. just leave me. Yeah, yeah. And another day, I'm everything. Well, I, yeah. so I think everything I think, I'm like, I'm coming up with amazing yeah. melodies here, there, and there. So it's just all yeah, music well, is that's what why well, we all love it, right? It's yeah. so based on sort of emotion and mood, and it's yeah. yeah. That's
2: what I have to do when I'm writing a new song. I have to find the core that fits my mood otherwise I can't write it I've got to find that first chord yeah. Yeah. that like I don't know rings out the way I'm feeling yeah yeah because yeah. otherwise yeah. I can't write to
1: it that's a good point yeah, yeah. that was a and a thing that I was involved with with Johnny Marr and he was saying you just, just got to keep writing stuff that's the way you just keep writing stuff a lot of it will be rubbish yeah but you've got to kind of rate the keep... rubbish to get the good stuff out as well yeah the Ed
0: Sheeran uh, yeah. analogy was yeah. good yeah. think of it like a dirty
1: Oh, the so dirty like the tap. tap. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Dirty water comes out, and then eventually you will get some clean water. Yeah, it Might, might, but dirt might still clean, clean, uh, come back in. But you know, it would then run cleaner. So you have got to get all that out of you, which I thought was a good analogy. Yeah. Look all this bonus
1: material. You are welcome. <laughs> People of the world. Yeah. <laughs> we're just 24 episodes in. We're just hitting our stride. <laughs> yeah. They that thought when we came up, stage, up with the two albums finish they're <laughs> about to stress <laughs> next. And then yeah. stick with this podcast, folks. It could get better. Pure Give gold. us another 24 episodes. It'll be amazing. Pure gold content. Great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers, Thank Martin. you more, Pleasure. Look forward to uh, discussing those uh, yeah, two hours albums next week. I've forgotten what they are now. Tracy Chapman X, and X-Ray Specs yeah. next time round on the Apollo Audio Podcast. Woo. Thank you, Miles. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. Bye. 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 Are you sure you forgive
0: me?